Welcome to the Dance to Oneness podcast. My name is Amy Shine, and I'm inviting you to discover and explore the many different paths to more possibilities. We're live. It goes live so fast. So fast that I was in the middle of saying something. Welcome to the Dance to Oneness podcast. My name is Amy Shine and I'm your host. And this is um, our sixth episode of the Dance to Oneness podcast. And today I have a very good friend of mine, Sue Cotter, with me. She's a uh, coming live all the way from Ireland, County Cork, Ireland. She's up in the mountains somewhere. <laughs> what we'd say in Ireland, back arse of nowhere. She's living in the back, back arse of nowhere. <laughs> and Sue is a really good friend of mine. We met uh, many years ago at uh, Actors class, Foundation class, and we found out very early on we had lots of interests in common. We were both really into all sorts of things like uh, angel cards you were talking about before we got on the show and Reiki and yoga and meditation and eating our our main I'd have to say our main similar connection point was the food we're both obsessed <laughs> with healthy food finding out what is in food and eating the right food and eating the kale to create the fiber and all that stuff we were we were very funny so <laughs> We've gone back a long way, and today I um, wanted to get Sue on the show, and I'm sure I'm going to have you on lots, um, and today we were veering towards talking about anxiety, as it's something we've both kind of dealt with a lot, and I think we've both actually facilitated each other a lot around it too. Absolutely. So welcome, Absolutely. Sue. Thank you. It's so great to be on here, and congratulations on your amazing podcast. I'm like, oh. when I saw it come on, I was like, Oh my God, the dance to oneness. That's just like so amazing. It reminds me of like, like, like clouds dancing in the sky. It's just so magical. And I love that you actually created this. Um, I've known you for what, maybe eight years now, seven years maybe. And from the day I met you, it has always been about the movement, the dance, allowing your body to, you know, like just let go and that's that's the energy and I was like I remember when I met you I was like oh I don't dance like the way she dances and I remember you saying to me I just dance there's no form to it I just dance I just move I just do whatever shows up and then I got to witness you do it and I was like wow she's got her own tribe going on there <laughs> <laughs> yeah me and my tribe just dance wherever whenever yeah, and you also introduced me to dance because when you met me first, if you remember that, I was really rigid in my body and I definitely didn't have that um, confidence in myself to actually step out and dance. I had this like structured dance of how I would dance and it used to actually hurt my body to dance like that because I would be so tight and, you know, contracted. And then when I started to dance with you, you had like like this, like it was like you were dancing since you came on, onto the earth. And it was like, what? Just dance. 
just move your body. And I was like, okay. And I, I'd start to move. And then I was like, she's not even looking at me. She's not judging me. And then that was a lot more ease for me. So thanks for that. Oh, that's, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I never really got the judgment with the dance. It didn't really make sense to me. Like, I, I used to judge myself because I remember trying to go to, like, I remember, like, going to, like, hip-hop classes and salsa and all that, like, in my early 20s because I, like, realized I love dance and I realized that, well, actually, you know, talking about, like, anxiety and mental illness and all that, like, I battle so much with, like, the thoughts in my head and the crazy mind and the racing thoughts and the, you know, the con constant, like, heart palpitations and anxiety that movement was a way for me to like um to kind of like melt a lot of that and when I tried to do like salsa I remember trying to teach learn salsa and I remember trying to learn like hip-hop and going to like classes that where they teach you the routine and then you have to like do the routine the way the teacher did it oh my god like you said it, it ended up hurting me like I end up coming out with a headache like in my head and then judging myself that I couldn't do it and then I would go into a spiral I'd go oh my god you're not doing it properly oh my god you're so stupid oh my god you're so slow you can't remember the moves everyone else can do it you can't do it and it was just this cycle of judgment so I'd end up leaving feeling like shit judging myself and it was really only when um you know, when I was at home and I just started to put my music on and put my headphones on and it was a way for me to kind of release and just like let go of like all and also like move my emotions. Like it was a way of me moving all this stuff I was feeling all the time and all the, you know, craziness that was going on. I was able to move it and then actually have a sense of space and kind of like relaxation. And so because I started at home, I had nobody watching me. And I, I wasn't trying to perform for anyone. So it was never a performance. And it became more like a movement and energy. And then I just went from there to finding movement classes that weren't structured, you know. But it, that really was my first therapy, like, in the Absolutely. movement. Absolutely. But I love what you say. It was like, you know, the, the just to, like, let go or, you know, dissipate that energy of, you know, overload or that energy of all those thoughts. And, like, for me now, I mean, if I dance, which the other morning, like, I get up now and I have my earphones, like, my little pods next to me, and I'll just hit my Spotify, and I have this, like, playlist, and I'll put them on, and I'm on with the shorts, I'm with the top, no matter what the weather is, and I'm out the garden, and I'll dance to about seven songs. And, like, that just changes, like, like that. Even within the first, like... I don't know, the first couple of bars of the song, I'm just like, boom, I'm in there, you know? Yeah. And it's like, and when you move your body like that, I mean, when I met you first, I would have been doing a lot of weight lifting. I would have been doing a lot of movement in, you know, in the gym um, and a lot of breathing with that as well. So it was kind of like yoga with weights. And so that was my kind of go-to was I would train at six o'clock in the morning, dissipate that energy. But there was always like, it would, it would leave for a little bit and then it will start coming back in so for me like you're talking about anxiety or overwhelm or well it was totally the overwhelm it was always overwhelm it was always like so many thoughts in on top of each other like sometimes I used to actually like have this this thing where I used to feel like my 
here, all here or behind here or like at the side, I used to feel like there was like it was like it was going to explode. You know, there was so much like um, it used to feel like electricity, you know, like shocks, like that energy. And it was really intense for me. Um, as I said, I used to go to the gym and, and then I would like like dissipate it and I'd come out feeling like, oh, my God, great. And it would be gone. And then it would show back up again and I would have that like, you know, that that nausea thing on my tummy. And I had no information on that, no information on that sicky feeling in the tummy Um, not really wanting to go out, not really wanting to interact with people because I felt it would heighten more if I started to have a conversation. I wouldn't be able to use my 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 speech would get kind of like shaky. You know, and my breath was really like I was cough for breath and the heartbeat. So it was all of that stuff. And really, I would say, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to ask you, like, did you always did you always have that? Like when what's your like, when did that start? Oh, when I was I remember starting maybe when I was 16, 17, like in around that. Actually, it was way before that. It was way before that, maybe nine or ten. It was around that when I was younger. Um I, I just had this like it was do you know what it was very much like I was waiting for the next trauma to happen mm. and I was ready but this was my my body's way of like you know like sensing and it was like these sensations and I would be like okay get ready there's something there's something gonna happen you know so I was living with like on that edge all the time um and as I said, when I found like the gym and started to, to move my body and then as well, I started to eat foods. I was introduced to like foods, like really good fats, which are like super for me, you know, um, like, you know, fish oils and stuff like that. And that started to work with the, the that came with, you know, training because it's very hard to train when you are eating foods that are very, you know, maybe processed, yeah. you know, very high in sugar or anything that was kind of going to make you like, like maybe less energetic. And I found that when I changed my food, it definitely improved. But I always felt that there was something, something else that I required. Um, and then I went on to find more things, you know, yeah. that, like, you know, the universe is like hearing you all the time. And I remember actually praying for this to leave. So I was like, oh, please, like, just leave. And then sure enough, things would start showing up. Like, then I moved on and started, you know, getting Reiki sessions. And then I became a practitioner in Reiki. And that worked for, you know, and then there was like, okay, I want more. There's more, some, there's something else. And in that yeah, in that yeah. journey, like so, I mean, obviously you didn't just go. You were like not around eight or nine, and that all that like what would this reality would call anxiety if we want to put a label on it, you know? And I'm sure, like you, you said, it showed up differently. Sometimes it was like just being on edge. Other times it was racing mind, racing thoughts. Other times it was like like heart palpitations, like that feeling of overwhelm. But like obviously, like from nine to like whatever your mid thirties, it's not like that every single day it changes. And obviously sometimes you, you have periods where you're better and other times you don't, but like, 
just to show people like I like to show people the progression because obviously you didn't just go from nine and then suddenly like start working out at the gym so like what were you like maybe in your teenage years or your like young you know young early 20s or whatever before I suppose before you got married right mm -hmm. I suppose when you got married and have kids things change a lot but before you got married were you how were you dealing with it then were you working out then or were you no 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 it was very much like <laughs> I know yeah it was very much like um when when I was when I was like in my teens it was like I was really it was I learned to deal with it but like not really dealing with it I just coped with it coped with it, and yeah. it was like I would use things to distract me you know Boy. so it would be like a boy or you know or like um it, alcohol well I, I haven't gotten to that one yet right because i kind of didn't drink till i was about maybe 17 i think oh, um, really? alcohol. I yeah 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 14 yeah oh yeah well i think i think i tasted it first around then and then i was like no you know you're a city girl like you should have been way worse than me city girl i know but you know what i was actually afraid and I had this thing going on all the time. I was afraid of my own shadow. I was like, like I would jump all the time. And like sometimes I would look behind, there'd be no one there. And I'd be still jumping, you know? So for me, like through my teens, it was really, I was just looking for the next distraction to take me away from this. So then I, like when I started working and earning money, then I started going to the pub on a Friday night and a Saturday night and maybe a Sunday night. And then I would have like, you know some alcohol and I would be fine it would be you know it would be just like forgotten about it was another distraction but the following morning oh my god like I mean it was like tenfold you know more and more and more and then um I got married I still had it going on I was always like trying to control everything so control was a huge distractor for me I would control everything to make sure that I was prepared in case anything did happen so I was living on that, that edge thing all of the time, waiting for something else. And then I had my first child. So then like, you know, I was full in on, on my first child and also huge anxiety there as well in case I would F up or I would, you know, screw things up or I would do something wrong. And so I was anxious about that. And, and I remember when I had my first child, like I used to sleep a lot. I would be thinking about the following day and how I would prep everything and I'd have most of my stuff prepped but I would be thinking about the following day how I would prep everything so it was just like it was like living it was like living in the future all the time but also yeah. from the past which really I was not present at all like in the present at all you know so then it just, I suppose I had my second child. And then that's when I really realized that things started to become, I knew there had to be something else. I knew I wasn't just here to live, like, how would I put survival, it? Like, like survival, exactly. I knew there was something else. And also my kids were quite, they, my kids actually showed me they were looking for something else. They were like, energetically, like, and, and I didn't even know back then, but, I did know something because energetically I knew they were looking for me to choose something else to show them. Mm, wow. And I knew that. And I used to actually make me cry even thinking about that. I was like, 
here's these two kids they're here you're their mother like there has to be something else this is not what you're going to show them for the rest of their lives and that's when you started to find like things like reiki and yeah. you started to find like well i mean i think you started first with the gym right and the working out and the weight training and the breeding and that's when you started to get more connected with your body because i mean whatever you're doing you know for anyone who's watching like whatever you're doing like if you do something whatever it's weight training yoga like dancing anything that includes a breath where you're actually using your breath and getting you present in your body that is transformational that will start waking you up and start moving some some energies in your life you know yeah absolutely absolutely and even the gym that i was attending it was actually private one-to-ones um it was these two people that had trained in um, they had trained in some special yoga and with weights so that was my first experience of lifting weights and i actually count myself really lucky that i had that experience and it was one-to-one and it was very much um yoga and also like using tools with psychotherapy while i was lifting weights with this person wow so, so you're actually being facilitated while you lift weights that is so totally cool. so she opened the doors and then she started to say things to me like what would you like what would you like and i remember one day being on a machine with her and she was standing next to me and she was like you know like she asked me, had I watched a lot of films, movies with like, we'd say endings that were happy. And I remember looking at her going, no. And she was like, okay. So she said, try a couple, try and watch some movies that have an ending that, that's happy. <clears throat> and I did. And that changed a lot for me as well, because in my life, then, as I said, I was always waiting for the next bad thing to happen. I was waiting for the next trauma. I was waiting for the next drama or whatever that was but there was there was very little happy in there you know the only real happiness that I actually saw was with my children and there's actually like a list of movies that we talk about as well so you know like there's movies you can watch that actually because I don't think it's so much like it's not about like the happy ever like happy ever after ending but she what she was referring to and we talk about a lot to me is like movies that like inspire you that kind of wake oh, up the magic in you you know and sometimes like we'll text each other and be like what are you watching you know like maleficent is something that's really for me it's like really magical like and because they acknowledge like the fairies and the elves and all these like spirits of the earth that are actually used to be part of our are still here but we don't really see them anymore we don't acknowledge them and other movies like, I mean, Avatar doesn't have a massive, I don't think Avatar's ending is that happy, but it's one of those movies that will kind of like wake up, like like you, you wake you up, like, yeah. and the X-Men movies are more of them, like, and start kind of waking up, like, who you really are. Well, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for me was a huge one. I mean, from the time that I was like, from when I remember, Willy Wonka was always the movie that I watched once year and I'd see them licking the wallpaper I'd see the thing and a thousand pieces up over their head and then at the end they got to shoot through with the glass and I was like he got the whole chocolate factory like you know <laughs> there's little Charlie like and he's like living with his nanas and grandas and I'm like yeah. he got the chocolate factory <laughs> and it's still it's one of the movies that I love to watch it's a good I one. love to watch it um 
so yeah and then me and you met and then we met like you know well, through access and go on well didn't you were going to Lorna Jean for a while and she was um running Reiki yeah. on you she also started doing access bars on you and that's um that also started you were going for weekly sessions right and you didn't know yeah. what she was doing on you <laughs> no but it was so funny because I remember um when I went to her, I was going to her, I actually went in first, right? Because this is so funny. So I had my very first Reiki session. Um, I was, it was in 1998, right? And that was my very first Reiki session. It was a lady that I worked with in a job. Marie Claire is her name. And it was the night before that I was, uh, had my engagement party, right? And she said to me, oh, I'd love to gift you she said a session of reiki she said you know as a gift for you and i was like okay so she came to my house i lay on the bed and she ran reiki like she done reiki on my body and and i knew this energy i knew it and i was like oh this is lovely you know so then fast forward and then lorna jean when i started having sessions with her um, I kind of went in there kind of like a little bit like light first and I asked for reflexology so I had that for about three weeks <laughs> and then she was like oh would you like to try some Reiki and I was like okay and then I but knowing inside that I was excited about it yeah you know but I kind of didn't let on in case it was too weird or anything and then she had trained in access bars literally like from the time that I started going to her within a few weeks and um, then I had my first bar session and that was very, very different to anything I'd ever had. And it did, what was it like, did the anxiety change? Like Totally. I remember coming out of my first session and I, um, I drove down to the town and uh, I went to the chipper and I got a bag of chips and I sat in the car, right? And I sat in the car and it was like that, place and I, I I remember that place where I was sitting in the car the chips were here and I was on my own in the car and there was nothing going on nothing going on in my tummy nothing going on in my head and I was like wow and I remember this this time you know and it was like so different for me and that I remember she sent me a text during the weekend she was like how how are things like how are you doing and I was like, yeah, great. I said, it's a, I said, it's a bit weird. And she was like, in what way? And I said, I'm not thinking. Mm, wow. And that was the beginning of the not thinking. I love it. You know? Oh, I'm like, even to think about it, I'm like, and I'm thinking about it, but it's like, <laughs> like it wasn't like, you know, those tumbling thoughts, you know, like, yeah. You know, and one of the, the things they, you know, we talk about and in some access classes is that like anxiety, you know, and a lot of mental illness. And I talk a lot about mental illness on this show. It's something, you know, that I talk openly about that I've been through myself. And then it's also something I really care about. Like when I see people who are like, you know, like with addiction or anxiety or mental illness, like, I, and I know that there's a different possibility for them. I so want to just give them all these tools and be like, no, look, you can really change this because with anxiety, there's so much like, and um, first off, there's so much judgment on it and there's so much wrongness, you know? So like, in the, you know, you're told, oh, you need to, you know, or like if you go to a the doctor, they'll put you on antidepressants. 
which doesn't really change it. It just kind of numbs your body. So it's not really a great, like it might be fine for short term, but long term, that doesn't really assist you that much. And one of the things we talk about in access is like, you know, what's wrong with you is actually what's strong about you. And the thing about anxiety and any mental illness is that it's an overload of awareness. It's, it's you having a lot of awareness. And so the title of the show is anxiety overload or awareness overload, because it's like, like when, like, like Sue talked about, like I talked about too, like it comes in, you have all this information, like you don't know it's information. You don't know it's you picking up on energies, but it's all this stuff in your world, in your body. It's this heart palpitating, like head racing, but nobody actually ever asks you like, Oh, what are you aware of? Like, is it yours? <laughs> what are you picking up on? You know? And so, so those even just simple questions, when you start to like ask them, you start to acknowledge, actually, maybe I'm not fucked up. Like, maybe there's actually nothing wrong with me. Maybe I'm just really aware. I love this. I love what you're saying, because when somebody said to me about anxiety, and I think it was Rachel O'Brien actually said it to me, and she had said to me, anxiety, what if you were to look at that as awareness? And even when she said that, I was like, oh, it started to neutralize that energy in my world, that heaviness, that, you know, density in my world. It's like, you know, when that energy, when you wake up and you have that thing in your tummy, that pit in your stomach, the first thing that I would have went to was, oh no, I have anxiety again. Yeah. Right. So now if you notice the way I would have said that, and I said this for many, many years, many years. So there is no question in that right and if anybody on here like if somebody would have said this to me 15 10 years ago whatever there's no question that I would have been like what do you mean there's no question in that so it's really like for me I'm trying to look for something that I could actually use as a whatever those things are called that people do these things to compare it to something simple it's like like every Okay, how would I even do it? So it's like when you eat something, right? The food is never exactly the same that you eat. It's never exactly the same potato. It's never exactly the same carrot. It's never exactly the same meat because they all come from different places, right? And different times. So when you literally catch a label and put it on something, when you get that feeling or sensation in your body and you go, this is a word. Where, oh, this is like anxiety again, right? Then you are lumped with that the whole day. Every time that thing comes up in your tummy, here's the anxiety again. Every time the heart palpitation, here's the anxiety again. And what I began to change when Rachel had said that to me and me and you working like all the time together with this, like we were living practically side by side, right? And I remember like actually using the question of, actually what am I aware of what am I aware of and anytime I ask the question it will get lighter like maybe that much lighter sometimes that much lighter and I started to use that question and then maybe bring in another question and the next question maybe could have been like is this mine am I aware of something you know on the earth like, and nine times out of 10, when I would go to question like that, 
within a very short period of time, some information would come in from the outside that would be compatible or align with that energy of the question that I asked. And I go, oh, wow, that. That's what I was aware of. And then it would dissipate. And it would dissipate more and more and more. So the moment I started to acknowledge, number one, I'm aware of something, it would change. Then I would acknowledge, maybe this is not mine. It would change again. So I kept, I, I suppose for me, it took me a while to actually get into the practice of this, but I started using one question and, and that as a foundation and then building question, you know? I and love just that. keep on asking. Yeah, and it was like, Amy, for me, like this was something that like didn't change overnight for me. No, not for me and, either. Yeah, totally. And if it ever showed up today, I have tools, questions, you know, I'll put my hands on my body, especially like here and around the, the chest area and always around the lower tummy. And I'll stand. Sometimes I'll go out, take off my shoes, take off my socks and sink my feet into the, the earth. And I'll ask, OK, body, what are we aware of here? And when somebody gave me that question before, I remember saying, I am not going to be talking to my body. There is no way I'm going to ever leave anyone see me doing that. <laughs> and now it just rolls off my tongue because for me I there is nothing too weird out there for me if it gives me ease I will use it I will choose it and I'll use it if I get ease and I get lighter and I get more expansive and I'm having more joy and I get happier I'll use it yeah and I love that um you know that analogy you went like you went you know the question and then another question and another question because it's like like you everyone's everyone's at different points in their life and with their you know with whatever you're dealing with everyone's at different points everyone who watches this show or listens to that you're all at different places but just even starting with that one question like when you get the pit in your stomach or your heart starts palpitating or the racing mind comes in just starting with okay what am i aware of yeah. and and you may need to ask it like 10 20 times and and yeah. without having to figure it out because I used to be like, what am I aware of? And then I'd get mad because I didn't know, I couldn't figure out what I was aware of, you know, rather than just being like, okay, what am I aware of? And then, and then maybe follow up with, is this mine, someone else or something else? And sometimes you yeah. don't have to, like, you could just be like, okay, I'll return to sender. Everything that I'm aware of that I'm trying to take on from anyone else. And, you know, and then for me, the next part too is a lot of times is what's my body asking for? Body, so how can we? change this how can we move this how can we have more ease so for me sometimes um it's like go to yoga move it out hot yoga for me is like i don't know access bars and hot yoga and dance are like three of my go-to's like i'm not sure how i would be so sane in this world without hot yoga and bars and movement yeah. but that's one of my things i know for you sue it's like walking out in nature you're like always in the forestry oh. in the back of beyonds the back arse of nowhere and it's so interesting because like I'll walk and walk and walk and it's like you know when I'm around the trees or the ocean it's like that's so much space for me that my body gets so much space like there is nothing as somebody said to me one day the trees are not judging you like they're not saying oh here, here's Sue god's sake let's hide right no <laughs> 
they're like, oh, there she is. Come on. Right. And like, so this is this is something that I really chose to get a lot of information on around projections, judgments, and you know, expectations. Um when I go to the forest, there is no projections there. There is no expectation of me or I have of the forest. And there is no judgment of the forest and the forest of me, right? So this is where I get to be so much space. And I asked to have that space everywhere, right? Even if the trees weren't there for me to have it everywhere. Now, it just so happens I live in a place that has like trees all around the back. And one of the tools that I use, especially if there's a whole lot of thoughts coming up or if there's something that I have deadlines for or, you know, and like if I'm trying to like push them aside or avoiding them, I'll just like if I'm aware of a projection, because like somebody can speak a projection to you, but also energetically somebody can put a projection into your world. Right. Mm -hmm. And I have a very heightened awareness around projections. I'll know. Now, I don't go digging for who it is or what are they saying, but I'll be aware that it's in my world. And it's like a thump, boom, 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 right? So what I actually have chosen to use is a tool, and it's from Access Consciousness, and it's interesting point of view, right? So it's interesting point of view. I have the point of view that there's a projection in my world or somebody is expecting something from me or someone's judging me, right? And then it's interesting point of view. I have the point of view, interesting point of view. They have the point of view, right? And I'll use it and it doesn't make sense, right? But I don't either. So it works for me because <laughs> I remember as a kid, like being told so many times, if I ever said, you know, like a, a way, kind of like a magical thing. And it was like, that's a load of nonsense. Well, you know what? I'm pretty nonsensical. Like for me, I try not to make sense because we change in every moment. So when I try and make sense or when I'm trying to figure something out, that's when all of that heaviness will come in for me. So I will use these tools, even though they don't make sense, but they actually give me so much more space. So it's so funny, like none of these tools make sense. None of these questions make sense. But it's like, hello, if you're, if you're watching this show and you've tried to change anxiety from this reality version of either going going to take medication or trying to meditate for 24 hours, you know, a week or something, and it's not changing, then then the the sensical way is not changing it. Then a good way to look at it may be a nonsensical way, you know, like... And, and this is one of the other like nonsensical tools that I use um, is it's called the crazy phrase. And if you take an access bias class, it's in the manual, but this tool really like, oh my God, this, I would like, I don't know. I think I would have been gone crazy only for this tool because I worked in a really busy restaurant when I first moved to Florida and I'd worked six, five, six shifts a week. And we'd work long hours, you know, around a lot of people, like taking, you know, just a lot of manic energies. And I'd come home from work, especially on a Saturday night, and I'd be so exhausted, like so ready for bed. And I'd shower, change, get into bed. And I'd be like getting ready, get into bed. And my head would start racing. 
and my head would go and, and like it was like I was still at the restaurant I was still taking care of everyone people were just running through my head racing through my head still while I lie in bed it's 2 a.m um, and I'm all I want to do is sleep and I'm like what and so I use this um tool it's called you just say it over your thoughts everything is the opposite of what it appears to be and nothing is the opposite of what it appears to be everything is the opposite of what it appears to be and nothing is the opposite of what it appears to be everything is the opposite of what it appears to be and nothing is the opposite of what it appears to be and i would say that over and over and over and sometimes i could say it for like a hundred times but i would fall asleep at yeah. some stage i'd be saying that and my mind would empty out and i'd fall asleep and that's another like nonsensical tool you know yeah. People, what does you it mean? Make sense of it. You can't yeah. make sense can't. of it. That's why no. it works. You're you're yeah. you're trying to like you're trying to change something that's actually created from an insane point of view using something that's sane. So it doesn't work. So to change something that yeah. is created from an insane point of view, which anxiety, overwhelm, aware, like all this stuff is created from some unconscious place, you gotta also change it from this that like you've got to use something that doesn't make sense to change it because <laughs> none of it makes sense absolutely <laughs> and that those tools and i love the word neutralize because that's exactly what those tools do they neutralize that intensity they neutralize those insane thoughts or as you just said you would come home from the restaurant and how many of the conversations are still going on right just because you physically left and the person is physically left and thank you for saying this because we were in a restaurant the other day and we were having lunch, me and my daughter. And um, like, I didn't realize that you had to walk up to order. Right. So I was like, where's the waitress? Like, where's the waitress? But I, I actually now I'm aware talking to you that I'm projecting into her world all of the time. Where are you? Come on. I'm waiting. Right. Which is not fun. It's not fun for her. Right. And it's not fun for me. So there's so many tools actually like that you've just highlighted even when I'm thinking of it. I'm like, there's, there's another tool that you can use. You can actually like, you know, like connect with her energy, you know, and, and actually like gently. Low energy to her. Yeah. Low energy to her gently without yeah. even like, you know, giving dirty looks or where are you? Like, yeah. come on, we're ready to order kind of a thing. Yeah. So thanks for that because that, that's, that there again is projection. And it's like, you know, there's so many places in this world where there is projection, where there is expectation and there is judgment. And when you talk about, so when you talk about anxiety, this is something else that I, I became very aware of. When you get a feeling or a sensation in your body and you go and actually define it, then nine times out of 10, what comes in afterwards is judging it. And when you judge something, it becomes denser and heavier, and then you get stuck in it because it's judgment, and then it's just a roller coaster of judgment, you know. And then trying to figure it out, but you're trying to figure out a judgment that maybe actually nothing got to do with this. So it's like a whole kind of loop, you know, over and over again, and it's all day until eventually you get burnt out and you fall asleep from it. Right? <laughs> Or you have, or you have like a bottle and a half of wine. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, and and also to say that, like you know, I started to really get space from anxiety, and really from having like sessions of my bars run, using mm. the tools, 
I also meditate most mornings. Uh, it's a 12 minute meditation and I absolutely love it. There again, it's always communicating with my body when I wake up. Hey body, what would be easy for you right now? You know, if there is that little, you know, pump, pump, pump in the heart or that little thing in the tummy, it's like, okay, body, what, what can we actually choose here that will change this? And it's working with your body, not against it. Because if you have this anxiety and you call it anxiety, then how much do you actually try and run away from that feeling in your body and actually separate from your body and not work with your body and collaborate with your body communicate okay. commune with your body yeah yeah i love that like because the minute you go into the judgment like you judge it you call it anxiety you judge it you judge you you make you wrong you go into how fucked up you are the minute you that you're you're on the hamster wheel it's turning 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 you have separated from your body and now, like you said, you're actually fighting against your body rather than actually creating with it. Yeah. And, and the funny thing about that is like, all that can happen in a, in a nanosecond, like a split second, like five minutes, all that can happen. And in the next five minutes, you can change it. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're, when you're willing to, and this, when I went visual on what you said there, when you're willing to actually ask a question, you're opening the doors to a possibility. When you're willing, when you actually conclude or judge it, it's like those doors are closed tight and you're inside behind those doors. And it's like that energy. Yeah, and the questions, you know, like the questions we give at the start, the questions maybe um, you can write them out in a post that stick them on your wall or stick them on your fridge because it takes a bit of practice and it's like muscle memory, you know. You might need to ask the questions every day or a couple of times a day to get into that habit because you've, you've been in a habit of judging yourself. You've been in that program of there's something wrong with you for so long. Asking yeah. the question breaks through that program and like you said, starts to open up a different possibility but you've got to ask and you're the only one that can ask i can't ask for you sue sue can't ask for me you've got to care enough about yourself that you're willing to ask a question that actually starts to open up the door to a different possibility and that question we said at the start who does this belong to is this mine what am i aware of who am i aware of yes. and it has to be whose body am i aware of you know, am I aware of someone without a body? Because, you know, that's a whole other conversation. We can get into entity awareness too, which we'll get into another week another, on another show. But, you know, there's so many energies you're aware of. Um, and so one of the questions I put on the top of the title of this was, in the description was, what if this is, um, what's right about this that you're not getting? What's right about the anxiety that you're not getting? And what you had said, Sue, if you didn't call it anxiety, you didn't label it anxiety what what could it be right and what's the gift in this because this is a capacity that you have totally but you, we everything that we judge in this reality is actually a capacity so if you stop judging it and start looking at what what if being that aware is actually a capacity yeah and if you watch the x-men so movie a very good example yeah <laughs> oh yes the x-men movies are amazing and it shows you yeah yeah 
Yeah. Do you know, Sue, I'll tell you this and, and then yeah. you can, so I'm, we went to this, like I was at this workshop and it, um, it was actually trauma informed workshop and it was all these kind of like spiritual kind of yogi people at it and the girl who led the workshop, the class was massive, asked everyone in the room to like introduce themselves and say if they could have any superpower, what would it be? Do you know how many people said they would like to read people's minds as their superpower? <laughs> I was like, wow. you're already all doing that. Everyone is, yeah. I love it. I love that. I love it. It's, it's so amazing because when you hit on the abilities, when you say capacity, and, I, and I, I call it an ability, right? And a capacity ability, it's like all similar. in the yeah. similar, yeah. I recently, I had woken up and I had this, this, this thingy in my tummy and I was like, okay, what are you aware of? Buddy, what's going on here? What are we aware of? What are we perceiving here? Right? And perceiving for me is always on the outside. Right? Because most people say, I feel. And feeling is always, you know, in the inside. It's like we feel. I feel sad. I feel anxious. Whereas if you change it to what am I perceiving, <clears throat> it takes you from actually feeling that heaviness, that density, and owning it, and it actually brings you to a different possibility of, hey, what if I'm perceiving something out here? So I was lying in the bed anyway, and I was like, oh, here it is, blah, 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 whatever. And I was like, okay, so what are we aware of? What are we perceiving here? You know, and within a very short space of time, I got a message from a client asking, could she have a session that day? Because she was feeling super anxious and, you know, she really needs to get something off her chest. And I was like, there you okay, go. off your chest. Great. Thank you so much. <laughs> so my ability there is that I could perceive that energy in her world. I could perceive it. And a lot of the times people are perceiving energies in people's worlds. They're perceiving energies. And guys, this is not like just like your neighbor next door. This can go like to a radius of like, hundreds of thousands of miles yeah yeah and 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 if you're if you've got like you know i would say that when i was you know like very heightened like anxiety all of the time and and, and super like heightened awareness like chances are that you can go beyond those eight hundred thousand miles you yeah. know i mean i was able to describe one time you know me and my sister we were having this like banter and she was on the train in new york and she messaged me. My message, um, my message alarm on my phone was a, a train. So it went choo-choo, right? I messaged her back and I said, are you on the train? She said, yes. And I said, are you wearing a blue top? She said, yeah. Now, I couldn't see her, but this was just something for fun that we were doing. So what if that what you have thought or maybe defined is a disability is actually an ability that you have? What if what you've defined as a wrongness is actually your strongness? And what if asking a question could change this? If you've got this going on for 20 odd, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, would you be willing to try something nonsensical, nonsense, right? And what if that worked? Yeah. I would so, totally try it. 
Well, yeah, Albert Einstein said, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, inspecting a different result. So if you want a different result, you got to choose something you've never chosen before. So you may have to yeah. do something that's out the, outside of the realm of normal reality, you know? Yeah, absolutely. The normal <laughs> <laughs> If you're watching this show, you probably don't fit into a normal box. You wouldn't be able to listen to it otherwise. <laughs> Where is the box, by the way? <laughs> what? Where's the box? I never saw it. <laughs> I don't think it exists. I think somebody just said there's a box and then everybody went, okay, I'm supposed to fit into this box, but actually, did anyone ever get in that box? Or did anyone actually have a picture of it? Could you please post it to us? <laughs> We missed we missed that one. We missed that lesson. I missed the box. <laughs> well, Sue, this was really fun. We're at like oh, yeah. 48 minutes. I always go over time when I have Irish people on my show. <laughs> we milk it. We totally milk it. We're like, oh, we like to show up and talk. We're Irish, but yet when we show up and talk, we'll talk nonstop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my mother did the hour mark last week. I was like, oh my God. Um, so this was amazing. Thank you so much. If anybody's watching this show, um, Sue Cotter is in Cork, Ireland. How can they find you, Sue? I'm on Facebook under Sue Cotter. I'm also on Instagram, nurture.sue. I'm on the Access Consciousness website. Yeah, you can Google me. You'll find me in Google. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, if you Google me, there's also a porn star with the same name as me, so... Yeah, Amy, come on now. Be honest here, like <laughs> not me. I'm like she made up for me. <laughs> not me, like she's got red hair. That's your real. <laughs> like, that's my real name. She made up the name because it sounds like a good name for a porn star. Apparently, it is a great name. <laughs> so, um, so this was fun. Thanks for being on, Sue. I'll get you on again. Um, and another week, we have lots of different topics we like to talk about. Maybe we'll get you on. We talk about food. Yes, I would love <laughs> to talk about food. I love food. So, thanks for watching, everyone. If you, you want to, if you like the show, make sure to subscribe. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Dance to Oneness podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe. If you'd like to know more about what I have to offer, you can find me at www.amyshine.net.